podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. My name is Matthew and thank you for being here for another episode of Beyond the Lines. It's the show where we get an opposition supporters view when it comes to previewing Newcastle's next game. And this Thursday, 7.45, it's the big one. It's the Solomon Rondon derby as Newcastle travel to Goodison Park to take on Everton. Two teams still not assured of Premier League survival, both on different journeys, different stepping stones as it stands. And to help me preview this one, I am joined by Toffee. He is an Everton fan, an Everton fanatic. He is a contributor to the Toffee Blues and the Everton News Feed. It's the one, it's the only, it is James Wharton, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, sir? Uh, not too bad, like I say, given the circumstances. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on, um, even beyond the football world. You know, there's a lot of negativity around. I'm trying to you know, brush it off as much as I can and keep on going. Yeah, um, well, fair play to you, mate. Fair play. I appreciate that. I mean, it can't help when your football club's not doing well. Uh, but yeah, the, the world is trying to eat itself at the moment, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, Everton Football Club certainly trying to eat itself. Uh, nothing <laughs> much more could possibly go wrong with this campaign. It has been, I really can't understate just how much of a complete and unmitigated disaster it's been. I think <laughs> it's even beyond some of the stuff you guys probably experienced with Ashley. I think, like, you well, guys I mean, well, rubbish. We'll get on, we'll, we'll obviously get on to all that good stuff. I mean, you've already pretty much started answering my first question there, James. I mean, usually I say before we get into the match because we preview the game, you know, Everton, I don't need to really read out all the stats, but one win under Lampard, one in the, win in the last 11 league games, sitting fourth bottom on goal difference, three games in hand though. But like you've just said, it's uninspiring at the moment. So your thoughts on the season so far, which you've already pretty much shared. <laughs> Yeah, um, to describe it as a disaster just isn't really doing it justice. I think <laughs> everything that could possibly have gone wrong has gone wrong. We've had, I think, there's a statistic come out today. I think we've, um, since September, we've had more players in court than we've had premiership wins. <laughs> yeah, as of Calvert Lewin's little appearance in Chester Magistrates this afternoon for speeding, right. Um, yeah, so yeah, that that's just a few little issues off the pitch, as you can tell as well. So there's plenty of off-the-field issues, uh, plenty of boardroom issues, a lot of disdain from the fan base towards the board, which I think as Newcastle fans until very recently, you guys have been very well acquainted with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of issues that I think you guys, until recently, will have known a lot of it very well yourselves James can I ask a question for, for those like obviously this is the point in this podcast for for those who don't know those who from the outside looking in because that's one thing I absolutely detest sometimes when you're such a fanatic fan that if someone from the outside looking in makes a stupid opinion like like for say people used to say about Mike Ashley the Rio Ferdinand's of the world he has spent money he's kept them in the yeah. Premier League he's only been relegated twice I don't know what the fucking what, what they're complaining about what because obviously there has been money spent um and obviously, with given the stories that are coming out, it can't have been wisely spent. And obviously, given the position that you're in, but tell me what what what's what's the biggest like the what are the points of disdain at the <clears throat> excuse me the current ownership? Uh, well, obviously, there's it's it, it, it was bad enough with you guys. You guys had Mike Ashley and mm-hmm. you sort of the brunt of it all. But as we've got like two court jesters uh, battling it out to be 
who's trying to decide who's the worst of two evils, really. We've got Fahad Mashiri, the sort of owner, the benefactor, if you like, and then, of course, Bill Kenwright, the chairman, who was here long before Mashiri and dragged us through the mud before even he'd shown up. Um, so there's there's a lot of different issues. I think there's some fans are more angry at Mashiri, some fans are more angry at Kenwright. I think that's the thing. The fan base is so divided. There's not just anger about the way the club's being run. And there's not just like it's not like everybody's pushing in the same direction, angry at say, for instance, Mike Ashley with you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some are blaming Mashiri, some are blaming Bill Kenwright, some are blaming the X amount of managers, which I think that argument starts to wear very thin, as you can tell. The amount we've gone through and the amount that the players have let down. Some are blaming the players, as certainly Jamie Carragher on Monday night football last night was blaming the players. And I mean, the players are definitely not absolved of any blame. They've been horrific this season, uh, in for the most part. Um, but the the ownership, like I say, there's Mashiri and Ken Wright. Mashiri is the one who's pumped all the money in, but he's also wielded a lot of power and he's overriding. A lot of the footballing personnel, namely Marcel Brands, who's now, of course, quit as sporting director. He was one of those highly thought of sporting directors when we hired him in 2018, uh, just a year into Mashiri's, well, two years into Mashiri's ownership. We had Steve Walsh before that as sporting director, who wasn't even a sporting director. He was just a scout who scouted a couple of very good gems for Leicester mm-hmm. when they won the title. So, we have we've he's made some absolutely horrific football and decisions. He hired someone who wasn't even a director of football to be a director of football. He didn't have a clue what he was doing. Then he brought in a really good director of football, but hasn't let him do his job. He constantly over overriding his decisions. Um Alto Obi coming in was completely Mashiri's decision. And you know, he sanctioned 30 million for that transfer. Which you know is thirty million that we could have spent this summer on a player we really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of issues in that respect, and he seems to be overriding people. He overri- I think the one that's really sort of made people turn on Mashiri is that is obviously the Rafael Benitez signing. Obviously, you guys know very well about Benitez, mm-hmm. um, but he oh he sort of went against the will of the rest of the club <clears> hierarchy. <throat> Who didn't want Benitez and hired him regardless. Um yeah. Benitez has gone on to cause absolute ungodly murder at the club. He's yeah. um, well, we were gonna to touch obviously you can't speak to Newcastle supporters on a Newcastle podcast without touching on Rafa. And I don't obviously I want to keep talking about Mashiri, but you're saying that the you know Rafa, as much as his credentials are pretty good, pretty great, but you've spoke about the players and how you know even Ancelotti couldn't get a tune out of them. Yeah. But what did, did did from from day dot were you just like nah do not bring Rafa Benitez in here? No, actually, I was very willing to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought he obviously Ancelotti was a very defensive manager. We had that defensive setup that saved us well for the most part last year, and I thought Benitez would be good continuity for that with Ancelotti leaving. But it never worked out that way, and I think the issue with Rafael Benitez was I think you're one of the few clubs that never really experienced that because Benitez was the lesser of two evils up against Mike Ashley. Yeah. Benitez is a very political, very stubborn and very narcissistic manager. I think, I think, I mean, I wouldn't go as like, you know, I, I appreciate words like narcissistic have very negative connotations. But one thing I would say is 
we did experience certain results and certain performances that epitomised the negativity that, well, the negative of Rafa Benitez, the defensive football, the sort of, and like you say, the stubbornness. But I think you are right. Like, you know, Rafa came into a no-lose situation. He chose a team that he shouldn't, by all means, be at. He indeed himself to the fans, quickly put himself against the owner. So if he ever left or was sacked, we'd be fuming at, at one person, the person we've always been annoyed at, Mike Ashley. But I right. guess we we had the one thing that, you know, we hadn't never had this manager who was, you know, on the fan side, got the city, understood the city. Um, and then near the end of his tenure there, we started playing some very good football. So when you guys got him, like I was thinking, you know, he's going to, He's going to do all right for you. I mean, he started okay, and he made one or two shrewd signings because he was given no money, was he not? No, not enough money at all. And again, that is the chickens coming home to roost from the mismanagement of previous windows. Like I say, it will be when we didn't, when the sporting director didn't even want him, and that's why we were in such a terrible position financially. We couldn't spend the money. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've talked about managers. We'll touch on. Frank Lampard now, I guess. Do you think he's the man for the job? Do you have you have you noticed a difference? As much as you're in a torrid run of form, have you noticed anything different? Initially, yes. Last couple of games, not really. It's the same old rubbish. I don't blame Frank Lampard in the slightest. And and I think to be honest, Rafael Benitez, I think I blame him for a lot of things behind the scenes, but the football wasn't I don't think I don't know how much of that was his fault either. I think Benitez, like I say, he was very stubborn and was very keen to... Benitez's damage was really sort of angering the sporting director, driving him away from the club, you know, upsetting the fans, obviously, but then driving away James Rodriguez, a very good player, driving away Luca Dean to a Premier League rival. That and was we, that was quite surprising. Yeah, he, But they he, obviously, they fell, they fell out well yes. before that transfer, it, it would seem. Yeah, but he... Sold and brought in a Ukrainian left back who's obviously not in a very good headspace himself anyway at the moment. So he's I mean, you couldn't have saw the war coming, but like you know, I know what you mean. Yeah, new, no experience anyway. You have to adapt. He's yeah. obviously going to find it more difficult to adapt than he hasn't. So basically, we've got no left back. Hmm. Um, we've got no left footer on the left wing. We're very, very unbalanced. Uh, the team is so unbalanced since Dean has gone, mm-hmm. fell off a cliff even more so since I think that's what a lot of fans level that against Benitez. But the football, like I say, on the field was terrible. Some of that might be his fault, but equally you could say it was Lampard. I don't think it's too much of either. I think it's the players being very, very lousy players. Yeah. I I mean, a lot of the... Sorry, mate, you go. The players are a disgrace. I think, obviously, I'm literally just paraphrasing word for word there what Jamie Carragher said. Last night, uh, the players are a disgrace. They've down tools on the club, and they've down tools on the club in the past when it's not been quite this dire. But they've thrown managers under the bus, and um, they've broken the fans' hearts regularly with the performances and the lack of pride in those performances in recent years. Not just this season, but obviously it's come to a head more so this season. Um. Yeah, some of the players are a disgrace. Uh, some of them have been okay, but it's generally been an absolute letdown. I think someone mentioned on social media, somebody I follow, an Everton fan today, said, you know, Everton haven't been out of the top flight for 68 years. 
Now, if you're one of those players, you should have some personal pride in yourself and not want to be one of those players who end that proud run. That's what I was just about to say. I was when you when you said about them, yeah. When you said about them down in tools, I was thinking like, surely, even if you're the biggest mercenary going, like you don't want to have that on you. You you've took a team out the Premier League that I've never been out the Premier League before. So that for me should be motivation enough. And I feel like, you know, again, it's so it's so strange. I don't want to um sort of say he's going down because, you know, it's so strange being on the outside and saying this team are too good to go down. But I've got that set levy I had that levied at me twice, James, and it ended in relegation. Both under, you know, the McLaren Benitez season and and the, you know, the one where we had about sixty managers and ended it with Shearer going down. We got told we were too good to go down, but it's 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 that toxicity within the club and the dressing room. It can just take the like, club. Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah, know it right. better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys probably comprehend what we're going through more than any other fan base because of until recently. Yeah, I think it's. It is big clubs can be killed by toxic owners. Aston Villa had it as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen it in other clubs as well. I think the the toxicity is boiling over because you know, the one thing that Machiri was Machiri's destroyed the club, but the one thing he did do was put money in. So I think fans let him off. Now he can't spend the money on the transfer in yeah. the transfer windows, then you know, the one thing he had going for him's gone and you know everyone's paying more attention to the destructive things that he's done at the club and it's not just him of course mm-hmm. i think What's bill it? kenwright as well i think he's yeah. obviously he's been a chairman since 1999 and he's criminally underfunded the club he's set in stone the mentality that everton don't belong as a member of the elite um, I think that's done serious damage to the club. I think he's he's too again. I think he's quite big headed. He's he's he only sold to Machiri because he was the one who let him stay on as chairman. Otherwise, he would he could have sold up to you know plenty yeah. of other rich benefactors, but he didn't. He wanted power. He he's again he's a, he's let the club down for over twenty years and. You know, Machiri's come in and expedited the damage with by throwing money at nothing, really. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can have all the money in the world, but if the if the right football and decisions aren't being made, which you know time will tell with Newcastle, but you know if you don't have football people making football decisions, eventually you will get found out. Which you know, I'm guessing that's what's led to some of the poor recruitment, like you've just said about the Alex Awobi transfer. Um, I mean, touching on the players. Uh, I mean, like I say, I keep saying on paper, you know, I remember when you signed Alan, I was a big fan of him, watched a bit of, a bit of Napoli that season and seasons previous. Dakure is a great player, I think. Um, obviously, Hamez isn't with you anymore. Um, but it's that defence, isn't it, James? That's that's where the problems are. And, and we won't touch on it too much. I don't want to, because I know this is a new Asil podcast necessarily, but I want to be welcoming. I want to be, I want to be hospitable to my guest. So we won't touch on Jordan Pickford too much, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on him? Because I've seen him play out of his skin in an England shirt. I've seen him make some decent saves in an Everton shirt, but I've seen him literally go to bits three or four times against Newcastle United and make clangers in the past. 
So, I mean, when you start with the defence, when you've got a goalkeeper who is erratic, to say the least, I mean, what do you what do you make of, not just Pickford, just Pickford, the, the defensive unit. I know you've got Mina injured, you've got you've got rid of Dean, but, I mean, what do you make of that defence and, and the goalkeeper? I think Jordan Pickford, to be honest, has been absolutely excellent this season. He's been right. absolutely outstanding. Barring St. James's and Spurs on the Monday night just before last. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple of clangers, but other than that, he's been our saving grace this season. I think we'd already be right. relegated if not for him. Fair enough, fair enough. I think we'd be gone by it already, I think. And that's testament moving on, obviously, leads us nicely into it's testament to how bad the four in front of him are, that he's mm-hmm. had to make as many saves and had to make as many man-of-the-match performances as he has, because yeah. the defence is a joke, I think. You know, we've got, again, we talk about the poor recruitment. We've got Seamus Coleman, John Joe Kenny, and we brought in a young lad from Rangers called Nathan Patterson. That was, was a Rafa signing, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, it was made under Rafa. Yeah. Very promising. But he hasn't had a kick in the Premier League yet. He's only played the FA Cup against Boreham Wood. Um, he's not had a kick in the Premier League, despite James Coleman being way over the hill. He's too old. If you put Sam Maximan on him on... Thursday night, you'll easily beat us. I do feel for him a little bit because, I mean, I've heard people saying that pundits and fans are like about Seamus Coleman and, like, it's sort of that thing where it's like you don't sort of have anything against the guy, but he's just not a Premier League footballer yeah, anymore. He's, embar- I'm sure he's-, he's embarrassing himself. Yeah, but he's, obviously, I'm sure, is, is the effort still there to be seen? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that no, really. I don't, no, I don't no. think it is. I think right, okay. it's one power out of a couple of tackles in the Wolves game as well. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But I think... I don't. I think he's a very, very sad excuse of a captain as well. I don't think he's. Do you think he's risking his legacy at Everton because he's been legacy, there. I think his legacy at Everton's already tarnished, to be honest. Really? Wow. Like you couldn't have said that to me three or four years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. When he was desperately unlucky breaking his leg, he missed the season. He came back and he was all right for a bit, even after that. But he's just completely finished now, and you know, you you want your captain to lead by example, and he's obviously. He can't do what he used to do. And he's not leading the defence, of course. He isn't releasing goals. Um, mm. you know, Obviously, I say there, Colm, we've got John Joe Kenny as well, who's also a right-back, but he's playing at left-back because we haven't got any left-back other than the uh, Ukrainian left-back, Mikhalenko, who we've brought yeah. in, who's, in all honesty, given the circumstances, you could argue should be on compassionate leave. But yeah, I mean, he's doing well. He's to, with his family. For, yeah, fair play to him, like, fair play. He's, he, and he really... he's. Do- He's he's done his best, but again, he's regardless of whether there's a war or not, he should have he should find it difficult to adapt. He's a young lad coming to England. It's a big step up in league quality, and he was naturally, regardless of the circumstances, going to find it difficult to adapt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, for him to be the only left-footed left back, you know, we've got John Joe Kenny, the right back, playing left back, and Seamus Coleman, a right back who's too old to be playing at right back, playing at right back. It's very it's very Newcastle of. Old. I'd say of old, of new, of new Castle of about, about early, six, early, months six months ago. <laughs> but um, I mean, John Joe Kenny you've said there. I mean, he's. I, I only realised uh, a couple of days ago that he got. Sorry, a couple of days ago, yesterday, that he got sent off at the weekend. Um. So what does that do now? Do you have players coming back, or is there going to be another square peg in a round hole at the weekend? Possibly. It might mean Michalenko plays at left back, which for. Uh, for our sake, will probably give us a little bit more balance, to be honest. So 
You know, right. the referees probably done us a major favour there sending them off. Um, but in terms of the person, I was I mentioned the two issues of fullback. The centre backs are terrible. Um, ben Godfrey struggles all season. He's basically got long COVID from a COVID right. infection last summer. He was excellent last season, so we've not had very him at this level. Yeah. Um, Mean is a very good player on his day, but he's made of you know he's made a chalk. He was is, is he still injured from when he got injured against Newcastle? Yeah. Has he played since then? Oh, did that? Oh, oh, he might have come back once and then gone off injured again. That's ringing a bell, actually. Yeah, and it was like quite early doors. He came back, yeah, and then within twenty minutes, he was off. Yeah, not mistaken. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's obviously he's out um, for another month. He's he's our best defender on his day, but he's made a chalk. We can't rely on him. Mason yeah. Holgate blows hot and cold. He um, he's not the most reliable. He's very. He's. I think he's a bit too laid back sometimes. He's mm-hmm. sometimes switches off. But for me, obviously, Michael Keane's the big issue in our centre back pair at the moment. He's been terrible all yeah. season. He's chipped in with a couple of goals, and I think that's about as good as I can say for him. Defensively, he's been atrocious. He gets turned very easily. He switches off. He's caught out of position regularly. He scores peaches of own goals for the opposition. Yeah, I've seen a couple um, of them. He's been absolutely wretched. He finally got dropped for the Wolves game, but obviously it didn't really turn our fortunes around. He still didn't win. Did you play with a three in that game, James? Did you play with three, like a three centre half? So did you play? I was looking at the, the, the previous lineup and you started with Coleman, Mikalink one. Kenny did. Yeah, yeah, it was like Kenny. It was weird. He was using Kenny as a centre back in a back right. three. Coleman as the wing back. It was again. It sometimes, and I think that's why fans are starting to become concerned about Lampard as well because his selections are really strange. Mm-hmm. And I know he's dealing with a very, you know, a very much depleted pack, and he's the 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 things that he has available to him. The resources aren't very good, but. Yeah. You've still got to try and do a bit better than that. And, you know, Everton are in a relegation battle and we need to win games of football, I think. Everton fans are very... We're very simplistic fans. We don't ask for much. Just at least have four at the back and try and attack. We don't want five at the back when we're trying to get wins to get out of trouble. I think that's something we fear. I think think Lampard might, if he knows what's good for him, should be knocking that on the head. The... Only other players I'll, I'll just sort of bring under the, the, the magnifying glass just briefly before we get on to what our thoughts about the game will be. Obviously, you were active in January. You've brought in Deli Alley. He's not really started many games. And Donnie van der Beek, a player who Newcastle were after, but he didn't want to come to Newcastle. Um, but it's it, what, what, have, what have you seen of them? What have you thought of them? Do you have any hope in them You know, contributing to you getting the safety? Van der Beek's shown glimpses of promise. He's done well in some games, uh, particularly early on, I think, against Leeds. And then, obviously, against Newcastle, um, he only came off the bench when he was already beating us and he improved us a little bit there. He looked, he looked bright. He looked bright. Yeah, he was the only bright one, I think, that day. Um, <laughs> obviously, the next game against Leeds, we won and he played well. Uh, he played well against Southampton, even though we lost. I think he was starting to tire a bit against City. We still play well, and then he was—he's been really poor the last two games, so it's been very much a mixed bag. I'm scared that he's sort of as his purple patch already. <laughs> um, so, and Delhi Ali's been 
non-entities, exactly what you'd expect from Deli Ali. Some moments of brilliance, little excellent passes, back heels, flicks, but nothing particularly productive. No assists, mm-hmm. no goals as of yet. Um, Newcastle, you, don't, don't say that because you know for a fine fact he's going to do something against Newcastle. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope I hope for our sake he does because uh, <laughs> he needs to pull his finger out. And you know, I think Dominic Calvert Lewin will be missing, but we won't be missing him. He's been absolutely you no. Know, he's had bad luck with injuries this yeah. season, but when he's been playing recently, he's been terrible. So would that mean possibly my old flame, our old flame, Solomon Rondon might get a run out at the weekend? It could be, but it'll most likely be Richarlison up top. I think. Yeah. By himself, um, yeah, we like a or we like a front three of Richardson on either side of them. We usually have Damari Gray, Gordon, it will be one of those three, mm. like two out of those three will play either side of him. <coughs> Just Andros Townsend starting the bench for you now, usually. Yeah, he's kind of he's more of a bit par player since, particularly since like I think Lampard's changed up the formation a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, if it, for, for in all honesty, I wouldn't even be a surprised if we've seen it on a couple of occasions when necessary, like I say, in Dean with Dean going, Townsend's actually stood in as like a left back at times, mm-hmm. yeah, like a wing it's, back, maybe. I, I yeah, know he's done that before as well, to be fair. But I, I only ask about Andros because obviously, he had that small, uh, fleeting relationship with Newcastle in the season we went down. It's a shame to see him leave, to be honest. But, um, you know, yeah, sorry. You didn't seem like he did okay for you. No, he, was, he did very well. That's what I'm saying. It was just a fleet and good patch. He scored a few goals, a couple of hammerings. We got away, I think, to Chelsea and Southampton. He scored goals there. And he scored what would have been important goals if we hadn't went down against uh, Crystal Palace and against Swansea as well. Um, but, you know, all power to him. We did try to get him back because he went to Palace and he wasn't getting played. And then Galadice came in and he wanted to keep him or something like that. I'm trying to think. But anyway, I digress. Um, I've got two questions left. I'll ask this one first. The reason we're here is we're previewing you as at the game at the weekend. How do you see this going? I appreciate you coming from a place of pure pessimism, which is usually where I'm coming from because I'm the most pessimistic Newcastle fan there is. But given the results you've been on, you know, can you see any positivity? Because regardless, I know if you win your games in hand, you'd have to beat us and then win your two games in hand to draw level on points with us. But... This is still a huge game. They're all huge games for you now. They're all huge games still for Newcastle, but it's still two teams that will probably fancy points against each other. How would you see it going? What what would your prediction be? Um, I'm going to say we'll win. I think it'll be... I think it'll be very tight. I think the fans are going to... The fans are, will make the place a bear pit again because... It's the only hope we've got. We we as fans are arguing amongst ourselves at the moment about who should be taking responsibility because the fans are very depressed by the performances. And obviously, as a result, the atmosphere is going quite flat. But mm-hmm. fans go into the next game again at home trying to create another bear pit to try and lift the players. But if sometimes the players have responded and sometimes they haven't. Yeah. Um. So... There's a lot of arguments about like should we be bothering of, of the players like already decided that we're going to go down anyway. The play, will the players turn yeah. up even if we provided that atmosphere? They did against Leeds, but they didn't against Wolves. Um, you know we were unlucky against City. We provided a good atmosphere there, and we were unlucky to lose. 
yeah. the Wolves game, it went very flat because the performance was very poor. So I think the, the fans are going to try and make it a real like atmosphere at the ground and try and get the lift the players as much as we can. But the fans know that that's our only hope, really, to stay up because the players are a disgrace. And the, the players need whipping into shape as much as possible. It's like we're the equivalent of a jockey trying to get over the line in the running, whipping the horse like mad. And that's basically what we as the Everton fan base are when we go to Goodison. At the moment. You are the whip. We, yeah, we have to whip the players into shape as much as possible. Uh, try and create the atmosphere that they can feed off because it's the only chance we've got. The players... Scoreline score then. What's the scoreline? What's your, what's your prediction? I'll go with a 2-1. Tight. Well, like, if, think... we don't, if we don't win this game, we're gone. In my opinion, do you think? Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, yeah. the even I mean, I, I was looking at you running. It is tough. What, very, you, every, very tough. Yeah, Watford isn't. Burnley's not so much. Yeah. If we lose this game, I don't see where we will win the next game. It's a tough one. I mean, uh, we've been on a fantastic run, a run that was only cut short by some torrid officiating. But the sooner we put that behind us, the best. I would have the Southampton game we had previous. I, I was going into that thinking, you know, this is where the run's probably going to end. You know, Southampton away, we don't don't we do very well. Southampton have been a mixed bag, but they've had a decent season, and we've went and churned out a result from behind. Um, that being said, again, Goodison mixed bag for us. Usually don't do very well there, but given we've been playing very well, I'm hoping Eddie Howe's got the players sorted. Get to forget that it wasn't your fault. You shouldn't have lost that game. Should have had a penalty. Should have been a red card. I still think, like you've said, it all depends on how it unfolds in terms of... I think the first goal is massive, James, to be honest, because you've just said yeah. about the atmosphere. And those things you're saying about the atmosphere are so eerily similar to what St. James's Park has been like in the past. It, it ended up falling into empathy, you know, under Steve Bruce. The atmosphere was shit. It was... You get outsung by less than a 1,000 fans. I, I would have said, like, when you go there every week, it just wasn't that good. It suddenly came back, you know really reinvigorated but we're not playing at St. James's Park but you know when things were bad at the start first 10 minutes the roar and the players on then one bad mistake the play the away team gets the ball a bit it can really start turning I'm sure you've seen that at Everton yeah, probably. Happens all the time at Everton yeah, yeah. Like I say, we got right out the blocks against Leeds got an early goal and dominated the whole game mm-hmm. played really well and the atmosphere was excellent even City obviously we were getting we were very much dominated, obviously, by City, but we still put up a good fight and the atmosphere was good. But the Wolves game was very negative. The players were very lazy. The, the atmosphere went flat after about 20 minutes. And then even then, obviously, the fans get irate and might boo the players. But at around the 75, 80 minute mark, there was a moment in the ground where they even that stopped and the, it just went eerily silent where the fans have decided we might be gone here. I've experienced that before, mate. I've very experienced that before. Not even in relegation seasons, in some seasons where you just think, what is the point? Even though you're probably going to stay up, you just feel like, again, you guys are in a very precarious position. So my last question, James, is are you staying up? Everton fans might not like me for this, but no. Oh, my word. No. Really? Even if we, I mean, I, I think we might win this game, but look at the running. I don't think we've, Got a hope in hell, right? But I mean, it's again, it's you, you say that. I mean, I wink and do everything for you, but then I thought that when you beat Leeds, 
when you've beat Leeds comfortably, I know Leeds have been having a torrid time of it, just got their first win in ages. I thought that would turn you guys round, and obviously it hasn't. Um, so, again, you know your team better than me. And I think in your position, I'd be saying the same thing. I've definitely said it in seasons we haven't went down. But like last season, under Steve Bruce, I was I was certain we were going down. But we managed to string some... And it was a case of that old thing of there's three worse teams than you, and there was. But do you do you think that you don't think there's three worse teams than you this season? No, I mean maybe not on paper, but yeah, the way uh, things are. in terms of application and pride and desire for the club and to play for the shirt, I think there's 19 better teams than us in that respect. <laughs> wow, scathing, scathing assessment, mate. But um, I will say the same thing to you as I always say to people on this after Thursday. I wish you all the best of luck for the season, mate. Obviously, yeah, nice. every, everyone's got great fans like you. Every club's got great fans. You know, you can talk about the Twitter bickering all you like, but, you know, it's always good to talk football with someone who loves their club. Yes, I hope you do You do great for your sake. After Thursday, as for Thursday, I wish you the worst luck. But thank you very much for coming on, James. You're very welcome. And thank you, everyone, for watching. If you haven't already, please like the video, give the video a share. We'll be back soon and subscribe to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. Sports Social Podcast Network.